I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, where we speak superhero. And today we're speaking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the super speedster character from Sega that could give the Flash a run for his money. Honey, huh? Sonic first appeared on the scene nearly 30 years ago, initially as an ornament on a rearview mirror in the Red Mobile arcade racing game, and then in his own 1991 self-titled game. Since then, he's been featured in numerous others on various platforms and has started many animated series. Now, he and archenemy Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Eggman, are being brought to life in Sonic's KCG life in the live-action film Sonic the Hedgehog. The premise has Sonic coming to Earth in an effort to escape from those who would try to harness his speed powers for nefarious reasons. Once here, though, he finds himself targeted by the government, which brings in Jim Carrey's roboticist Dr. Robotnik. For his part, Sonic teams up with a small-town sheriff, played by James Marsden, to help him escape capture and prevent Robotnik from using his powers to conquer the world. In this episode of VFK, we're going behind the scenes on Sonic the Hedgehog, thanks to studio-provided interviews with Ben Schwartz, who voices Sonic, Jim Carrey, who plays Robotnik, and director Jeff Fowler, in that order. I had a meeting at Blur, which is where Tim Miller and Jeff Fowler, who both work on the film, were about a different project. And then at the very end of it, Tim Miller introduced me to Jeff Fowler and he goes, oh, he's going to be directing, you know, Sonic, hopefully. And then later, a week later, they asked uh, if I wanted to be the voice just in the test. And for me, I was so excited to be a part of the property at all. Like, I played Sonic as a kid. I'm a huge video game enthusiast. So I was like, of course. And the idea was just to do this thing. You know, they would hopefully sell it to a studio or whatever. And uh, that was where it was going to end. But I was so excited just to do that. And I guess it went well enough where um, Tom Hanks wasn't available. And I got to play Sonic the Hedgehog. It was very, very exciting. I remember getting the phone call from Jeff when he said, no, we want you for the movie now. And I did one of these yeah, when I was by myself walking down. <laughs> yeah, it was very exciting. One of the things that I loved about the game uh, was that when you play it, there's this aspect of it being like out of control almost at points. When you go fast enough, the idea of also going incredibly fast with a character in a video game is so exciting. But the idea that as you go fast, the game can get out more difficult or whatever, it's just harder to control. I loved the idea that you can go so fast in different ways of attacking, but the idea that you can like fly across the screen. If you have enough speed, this aspect of the stage will be different than a different part of the screen if you're going slow. Because when you play a lot of side-scrollers, a lot of the games are the same speed no matter what, but you can change the speed of Sonic so much that it can change the entire path of the game and make it crazier or more exciting or something like that. It was always really fun. Also, Robotnik is one of the craziest looking villains that is very, the uh, uh, Dr. Robotnik is very exciting to try to defeat. Well, when I found out that I got it, to do research, like any good uh, method actor or actress, um, I, I downloaded Sonic Mania for Nintendo Switch, which was just basically an, an excuse to play video games. I just played video games for a couple days, and it felt like research, which was very exciting. Um, and then in terms of the voice, in my head, when we were trying to figure out the voice, or even when I was doing it for the test with Jeff and Tim... Uh, and Neil, and Toby, baby, uh, that uh, I wanted it to feel like, because in my head, Sonic is like a kid, and he's got all this energy. He can go really fast, and he has all this energy, but also he's like a kid growing up, and so I feel like he doesn't know exactly where to put that energy. So not, not only when he uses his speed to get around, but also the excitement of learning things for the first time, and being on Earth, and meeting people, and stuff like that. So when he talks, which I do often, is like he talks with excitement, he talks fast, and he talks with all this energy and optimism, and uh, I think that's where you find it. So it's kind of my voice, a little bit higher. Uh, what I do is I try to get in a room with about 150 hedgehogs. Uh, I get in the middle, and the, the, backs, the, the, the backs of hedgehogs are very spiky, and I try to step on as many hedgehogs as I can to really get myself emotionally in a place of feeling hurt and excitement. And then I go in and record. 
Uh, I just hug, I lay around with hedgehogs. It's a big part of my process. It costs roughly a million dollars per day, but listen, it's paramount, baby, we got the money. And so uh, that's kind of like how I get into the character, stuff like that. When Jim Carrey was how we learned about comedy, things like Ace Ventura and The Mask and Dumber Dumber, I still regard as one of the top five movies ever made. It is an incredible movie, but when you see this person who, you know, you just looked up to as a legend, and now he's in this film, it's incredible. And also the type of work that he's doing in this just resembles so much the the stuff that I loved when, you know, he's doing those movies when I was growing up that it's so exciting to see. Uh, when we're watching, you know, cuts of this film, I would look at Jeff or, or, or James or Tika and be like, uh, oh, like you look at it like, oh, because he's doing these things that you remember, like touches a part of your childhood. Uh, and it just gets you really excited. I was very, very excited. And I think he gives an incredible performance. I think it's so funny. It's very exciting to uh, see him do that type of comedy that, I mean, he's always been funny. And even, even like, I think his dramatic roles are incredible, but it's just a, it's such an interesting feeling when you see him do the things that made you, you know, like love comedy as a kid and see him like reinventing that and playing with that again. It's just incredibly exciting. I think one of the things that the movie does really well is that it gives you heart in Sonic and you care about the stakes that are happening. It's kind of like this kid that doesn't really have a place to call home and finally, I guess without giving out too much of the movie, finally finding his place a little bit in this world and then it being stripped away from him. It's such a story where you see heartbreak within within Sonic, right? You So you feel for him. It's not just cotton candy, joke, 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 joke. You're invested in the character, so when good and bad happens to him, you care about the path of the character. I think those are the things that make a really exciting movie and stuff like that. You know, it was fun to see Jeff work. This is his first movie, a uh, first feature, and he is, he did such an incredible job, but just to see on set also, to see how funny it is to see people act with a tennis ball or a fake Sonic, to me is very funny, very funny. Uh, but it was great to see the process and stuff like that because there's a lot that goes into it. The idea that when you wrap this film, unlike other movies, you get into editing, when you wrap this movie, now you have to create this character and what it looks like and what it feels like and the emotions. Even when I was recording, I had a billion dots on my face and we did this motion capture thing. So uh, to see it in the raw form and then to watch the process throughout, it's, it's so exciting. Jeff Fowler was incredible. I love Jeff Fowler for many reasons. Uh, first of all, wonderful sneaker game. Second of all, incredible human being. Third of all, he loves Sonic. He loves it. The choices that are made in rewriting the script and directing are all done with such care from Jeff. And it was so exciting because this is his first feature and he did such a good job on it. But to be with someone who loves the property so much, it makes it exciting. You see it through his eyes. Every, every aspect of everything he does is done with such care and such love. I was so excited to see him do this film and to succeed uh, on the level that he did. I think if you're a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, there's going to be stuff in there that you will love. But also the idea of making, you know, these big fun movies is that hopefully people will be introduced to the character and fall in love with the character and then find out why we all love the character growing up. You know what I mean? I think we, we talked about, I think the, the first Sonic came out in 91. And so it's kind of a whole new generation for people who didn't grow up with those things to see it. So I think it's really exciting. It makes me excited that people, I mean, that is my generation of, of video games. That's, you know, I was 10 years old. It was all, I played, only played video games for decades. Uh, so it's exciting to feel that and brings it back to my childhood, but also introduces it to a different generation and stuff like that. So I think it'll be really exciting. And I think people who like Sonic the Hedgehog will enjoy this.
I knew when I got the call to do this movie that Sonic was a game. <laughs> I think I had played it once or twice. Uh, and after I got the call, I started playing it with my grandson, who humiliated me constantly. And uh, the really fun part was I got to see how smart he was, how clued in he was. And these games have turned kids into jet pilots. I mean, they're quick and uh, their reflexes are awesome. And uh, he likes to trash talk a lot. He's nine years old and he trash talks me. I, I, I get angry. I put money in the swear jar, and uh, I'm actually a lot like Robotnik when we play. I think that Sonic represents the power of innocence, the power of play, the you know the the uh, the electricity in a in a pure soul who just is doing his life because there is fun to be had, you know, and that's my philosophy about life and. In the first place, you have to find something to do in life that not only serves people, but serves you in your heart, makes you feel like a child, makes you go, you know, I, I get to wake up every day and do what I love. And that's, you know, that's the dream for everybody, you know. The wonderful thing about Robotnik is he is analogous to a lot of the insane ego that's running us you know, in all different kinds of realms of life. Uh, the greed, the avarice, the self-centeredness, uh, the self-dealing, uh, the lack of a conscience, you know, that we see in a lot of different realms. Robotnik signifies that. He is a madman with a triple-digit IQ. And, um, you know, like a lot of those good folks, uh, those clever genius types in uh, Silicon Valley, that's not a microchip on his shoulder, you know? That's a quantum database of bitterness. And uh, he hates society because he wasn't nurtured, he wasn't loved, and this is what happens to a genius like that when they have no nurturing, no love, no guidance, and that's what he's become the epitome of that. He hates the world because the world abandoned him. And I, I see him as somebody who wants to be the warden of a mechanized prison that captures the consciousness of the world. And Sonic is a power that he needs because if you control the power grid, you control the world. He's a wonderful character to play. And uh, of course, he's a 300 IQ, so it took me a week and a half to prepare. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just wonderful. And it, all it really comes down to is he wants to be special to somebody, you know, only it's gone megalomania for him. He wants to be special to everyone. In fact, he wants to be the king of everyone. And, you know, another thing he really, really wants is to be able to get a latte the way he wants it. With Austrian goat's milk. Robotnik is a little tiny piece of nothing in his own mind, and he's blown himself into gigantuan proportions. Uh, he is as smart as heck, you know? He is the smartest one in the room. But there's, a, there's smart, and then there's spiritually dumb, <laughs> you know? And uh, I'm sure you could take a lot of the smartest people and, and put them in a room, and when it comes to life, they can't carry water, you know? Uh, and that's kind of it. You know, he lives through his invention. 
He wants to capture the world and the world's consciousness and control humanity with his machines. And of course, we're not dealing with any of that, are we? So I think, uh, I think I'm kind of right in the zeitgeist with this character. I just dealt with him as, a, as a, an ego out of control, as somebody who believes themselves completely separate from the rest of the world. And so he must conquer those who, uh, who betrayed him. It's wonderful to be able to physicalize that evil, that self-centeredness, that constantly acting as if there's a spotlight on you, you know, and everybody's really interested in what you have to say. And if they're not, they must be banished. You know, uh, I, think, I think that it became a physical dance, and that's why we had that kind of weird dance sequence in it. It's uh, very edgy. And the music, Evil Grows, was something I heard when I was a child, and I, I said to Jeff, what about that song, Evil Grows? You know, evil grows in cracks and holes and lives in people's minds. You know, evil grows in the dark. And uh, it's uh, kind of a cool song that I grew up with, but I didn't know if it was big in America or anything like that. And they all knew the song. I guess it was a hit everywhere. And they said, oh, we'll throw that on, see what happens. And it was perfect. It was just the perfect thing for Robotnik. And at the same time, we found out shooting in Vancouver that it was a Vancouver band that had recorded, had written and recorded the song. And so it was just really cool kismet, you know? We brought that back from, uh, from the Netherlands. I'm just having so much fun, honest to God. It's, it's a great, fun part to do. And you get in the gizmos and the gadgets and stuff and fly around in that ship and they've got that on a crane and they're manipulating it and stuff and you're just kind of got to imagine the whole thing. It's, it's a real blast. I, I really liked it, really enjoyed it. They were a great, great bunch, great bunch, wonderful, creative uh, group of people, and uh, everybody was open. And, you know, I make tons of mistakes, so I don't, uh, I don't have any problem with people making mistakes. And I, I do think it's a collective thing, and the more fun you generate on that set, the more fun comes through the camera and, and uh, arrests the people who are watching. So to me, a movie like this is silly fun. You know, there are themes in it that are kind of interesting and serious in a way. But, you know, James Marsden, not only a good looking guy, just a good guy, a good guy down deep, real good guy, creative, open. And uh, Tika Sumter was just lovely and willing to jump into anything. And she was she was fantastic to be with. And uh, Ben Schwartz is just a funny guy, really creative and uh, so having him be the voice is a really, uh, really a catch, really a catch. So I was 13 years old back in 1991 and I was playing every single video game I could get my hands on. And so Sonic the Hedgehog comes along and obviously is definitely sort of a game changer and really made a, a huge splash in, in the industry and, and just to video game history in general. And so I, of course, have very fond memories of, of my time um, with Sega Genesis and then with Sonic and Sonic 2. And it just uh, really could not have been more of an exciting opportunity for me um, to sort of bring this character to the big screen. It's just his personality, his attitude. That was something that was so 
uh, kind of unique and, and refreshing back in, in 1991 is just you had never seen uh, a personality like that in video games. I mean, there's that sort of iconic moment in the game where if you don't press any buttons, um, the character literally, I mean, Sonic breaks the fourth wall, looks at you, does a little toe tap, looks at his watch and is basically saying, come on, buddy, like, what are we doing? And there was just it was such a small little detail in, in, in terms of the game and, and the world. But it just was it became such a fan favorite. And it's something that that no one had ever done in games before. And seeing a character break the fourth wall and engage you, sort of the player, in that way was just was so great and, and had just had never been done before. So that that but that little window into his personality, which was very much like a teenager, um, which made him very relatable, uh, and I think is the same the same sort of uh, relatability that's really going to make it for a great film. It's that same personality and confidence and the sense of humor and a little bit of mischievous and just adolescent kind of behavior that that sort of uh, those ingredients that really go into just a fun character who's just very impulsive, but also confident and funny. And it's just very likable and and very relatable. And I think that's what uh, made the the game character successful. And we really had fun with crafting um, the film character in the same way, because uh, it, it really is how everyone thinks of Sonic. Like he talks fast, he runs fast, he is just uh, kind of a, a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, and, and a lot of the uh, a lot of that just really made for 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 fun writing and for just for fun development of the character. I mean, we really wanted to build in a little bit of vulnerability because if if characters are just confident all the time, then it's hard for you to see yourself in them. And, and we really wanted to create this relatability in Sonic so that you invest in him emotionally and you sort of see that, like, for all his uh, fast talking, for all that kind of sarcasm and, and, and um, humor, that beneath it all, there really is a very sort of vulnerable creature, a very relatable character that has his insecurities, struggles to sort of figure out how he fits into the world. And, and a lot of that stuff is just so appropriate um, to, to, to kids everywhere. And, and, and so it really felt like an important thing to, to maintain when, when moving into the, the sort of the film world and, and to try to, to give him a more complex story was to, to work in those, those values and those ideas of, of just relatability and, and find the ways to, to have the audience connect with him emotionally and root for him and, and just sort of uh, give him a really great character arc. Because at the end of the day, like all movies are about character. We want to honor sort of the spirit and, and a lot of the sort of key components of what um, fans of the game would, would want to see in the film. And, and we certainly didn't set out to just translate a video game in, into a film. Like, I think that would be kind of a flawed approach, but there are absolutely elements that we sort of acknowledge as just being very important. And we could really kind of like construct a mythology and build a story around that, that really would honor the spirit of the game. I mean, when you think of Sonic, uh, you definitely think of rings and you think of, of, of just uh, speed, you think of the, the emeralds, the chaos emeralds, which are a big part of the mythology of the game. And so just sort of like making sure we weave some of those elements into the film um, seemed like just a, a great place to start. And to, so that fans and then old and new will, will sort of see that we've really made every effort to kind of like take the things that they love from the game and, and bring them into sort of a, a cinematic universe. We had a lot of fun sort of crafting that moment because 
it's just it needed to have such a, a significance to it that we, we knew we were on very sort of holy ground and, and we did we wanted to make sure we gave that an appropriate moment and something that just really felt powerful and emotional and and just came at the right time in the movie because you know he can't get those shoes in, in the first five minutes we gotta like we gotta create a little anticipation for it and and really uh, 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 make it a great moment in, in the course of the adventure. I think once we, we sort of identified this opportunity where Sonic and Tom are, are almost complete opposites in terms of what they're after. I mean, Sonic is the outsider looking in. Tom is the insider looking out. Uh, Sonic has lived by himself his whole life, and he just would give anything to be part of this small town and be part of Green Hills. Tom has lived in Green Hills his whole life and has had nothing but time to, to, to wonder what if and what else is out there in the world. And so we kind of put these two characters kind of on a collision course. So at this moment in, in their sort of their lives that, that, that Tom is, uh, uh, is wanting out and Sonic is wanting in. And it just sets up this really great dramatic contrast. And when we finally have that scene where, where, they, where Sonic finds out that Tom is planning on leaving, like it's such a, an emotional moment. And it really, uh, it, it just really uh, is great and it's exciting. And it, it's, it's just happening at this time, the worst possible time, of course, because they're, they're obviously being pursued by Dr. Robotnik. James and Tika, just very early on, it was clear how great they were and their chemistry. I mean, from the table read, it was just obvious that they're both just such funny, such charming, such just likable people that like bringing them together. Uh, it just it, it just really makes those scenes great. And, and I, I just we had so much fun and, and they're both so funny and, and individually. And then you bring them together and they just like they just have a, a, a fantastic sense of humor. And then we're so on board and game for the technical side of things, which, of course, is having a character like Sonic, who's not really there. Um, but just showing them storyboards, showing them all the prep and planning work we did and really talking them through what was happening in the scenes. And they just picked up on it right away and were just completely up for the challenge. And just I just can't believe how well they did. I mean, they just brought such great energy and humor to, to all the scenes that and, and drama drama as well. I mean, they just really treated Sonic as if he was is right there beside them and, and, and did some really great uh, uh, performances because of it. Robotic was was a really exciting challenge because that it was uh, in the game. He's obviously very maniacal, very mustache twirling, very just out to sort of conquer the world, conquer the universe, which is uh, not the most grounded sort of concept. So we really while we wanted to honor the spirit of that, we also really wanted to sort of create a world or a version of him that that could exist in in sort of in our world and, and ground him in at least some kind of, of reality because we certainly want to have fun um, and, and make him a little uh, uh, designing his character and, and having some fun with it but but also just find a way to make it um, more modern um, and it wasn't necessarily completely worked out on paper I mean that, that was one of those things where once Jim Carrey came on, it was just such uh, a, such a fantastic experience. Kind of having conversations with him about how what he should sound like, what he should move, how he should move, what he should look like. 
I mean, Jim was so involved in every aspect of the character and it just really took it to a whole nother level. I mean, I just am so thankful for his sort of like commitment and his energy and his enthusiasm. And he just really, I mean, we, we basically had designed the world around him prior to, to his involvement. I mean, we had a lot of fun designing his technology, his, his truck, his lab, all his drones. Um, but the missing component was definitely was just the robotic of it all. And, and, and he just brought it to life in, in such an incredible way. And I think fans are going to be so excited and thrilled to sort of see what it became, because I, I just don't think there's any way to even explain sort of uh, the direction he took it, uh, other than that it's just very, very clever, very smart, very funny, uh, completely original. I mean, I've never seen a character like this on, on screen before. So it's just uh, I'm so grateful for for his ideas and for his energy. And it was just such a fantastic experience shooting with him. I mean, I, I just I had a daily sort of like just moments of disbelief where I can't believe that we, we, Jim Carrey is here and, and is, is, in, is, is performing this character for our movie. So I just couldn't be more excited about all of it. The entire shoot was such a collaborative process. And, and even in rehearsals, everyone just, there was a, a lightness and a, a sort of a relaxed sort of atmosphere that really made people free free and comfortable to sort of pitch ideas or just to really uh, find ways to make things better. And that was one of those things that I, I was very uh, appreciative of as a director was to have the actors just really want to roll up their sleeves, talk about the characters, talk about the scenes. And so much great stuff came out of that process. And it, it was seeing uh, James and Jim and Tika and, and, and everyone sit down and, and, and have these kind of like discussions and these brainstorms and then come up with really great ideas. Uh, it was just fantastic. And it really made the shooting just go just go uh, wonderfully. I mean, I, I, I feel like we've got, I just couldn't even pick a favorite. I mean, there's just so many scenes where just all the performances just were above and beyond anything that, 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 that it just, from the script to the screen, I mean, it just came, a lot, came to life in such an incredible way. And, and that really just is because of that collaboration and that exchange of ideas and just the enthusiasm to just really bring these characters to life and, and, and bring this world to life. It's a character story. It's about uh, uh, telling a very emotional, very relatable um, story. And it has just something for everyone. Like, I really feel like there's a strong family component to it. Um, obviously, there's no shortage of action. But, I mean, we really were thinking about everyone. And, and, and sort of I think back to being uh, 13 when, when the game came out. And, and now, you know, I just turned 40 this year. And I want... All, Every, everything in between. Like I really want, I want fans of the original who played that game in 1991 to now be introducing this character to, to their children or just to, to create this whole next generation of fans. And, and yeah, it's boys and girls, it's, it's teenagers, it's adults. It's, I mean, it really is meant, uh, is meant to be for everyone. And, and, um, I would just think we really, uh, did something great in terms of the tone and the humor and the action. And it's just, it's a big movie with just a lot of laughs and a lot of heart. And, and, and it's just really, I think there's something for everyone. It was such a special opportunity. And, and again, I have such, uh, such sort of great memories of the game and, and have continued to play it. I mean, that's, that's the thing about this character is that it's not just nostalgia. I mean, he kind of came onto the scene in 1991, but he never really went anywhere. I mean, there's been such a steady stream of great games and, and cartoons and, and the comic book. And there's just been so much, so much 
of Sonic out in the world to sort of enjoy. Um, but I feel very lucky and very fortunate to, to have been the one to sort of bring him to the big screen. And uh, this is absolutely something to check off the bucket list because it was such an amazing experience. And, and yeah, I have nothing but just uh, appreciation for all the cast and the crew and, and couldn't be happier about, about the film we made and about sharing it with audiences. We hope you enjoyed this excursion into the movie world of Sonic the Hedgehog. Needless to say, there are many more adventures out there in various mediums for you to explore. But before you do that, please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.